This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Comedian, actress, writer, activist, New Yorker by birth. Yes. Ida? Ida Rodriguez. I wanted to roll my R's, and I didn't do that right. (laughs) Ida Rodriguez, I did that. Thank you, you did. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. I'm just glad you didn't call me Rosario Dawson. Oh, you know, (laughs) look, y'all don't all look alike. Look at here, cause y'all black, so I could tell the difference between black people. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there we are. Yeah. So, um, there's a a guy from Saturday Night Live just got fired. Um, I I was with him last night. I saw. Were you? All right. How's what's his mood like? How is he doing? Is he okay? He's pretty. You know, he's pretty. He's still. You know, like he's a comedian. We are used to disappointment. That's the. (laughs) Is that it? That's just. Yeah, you used to one day. You know, that's how it works. One day you're like at the top of the mountain, and then the next day somebody's there to push you off. And I have a lot to say about that because there's a lot to unpack about these issues when it comes to political correctness, specifically when you're talking about marginalized people. So um, I I was having a conversation about this yesterday because I will never, ever fight for a comedian to be censored, right? And that's a very awkward space for me to be in because I am an activist and a lot of people come for me and say, why don't you? But I also don't shield comedians from repercussions and consequences, right? So you can say whatever you want to say. But that does not mean that you are exempt from the consequences. You could drop the N-word in Liberty City all you want, but you get busted in your mouth and your teeth knocked out, right? So that's just reality. Yes, that can happen. Yes, and, that um, <laughs> but, you know, but I, what I think is really interesting is that, uh, you know, when it comes to this type of outrage, we get so caught up in it, right? So everybody is fighting with this whole issue about the, the racism and the comedy of these comedians. Meanwhile, there are... You know, there are laws being passed to hold people of color down. There are kids in cages. There are kids in cages. The the, margi- the marginalization and the oppression doesn't come to a halt. Could we just get distracted with this? You know, that that dude is a pawn in the game, right? He had to take the hit for all everything that's going on right now. And so he's he's been discarded because to them he's not he, he's not of that type of value yet. You know what I mean? Because there are comedians of of way bigger names who have bigger names that say way more problematic things than he said. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have to, you have the right to walk away from a joke if you don't think it's funny. Like I thought what he said wasn't funny and maybe in poor taste, that's his brand of but humor. It was also on a podcast, which I think is a whole new arena. He wasn't mm-hmm. in front of a crowd. Like that yeah. guy from Seinfeld was no. like, there's a nigger, there's a nigger, there's a nigger, you know, like that was on stage and you lost your, cool and this was a podcast which is a little bit more comfortable environment where you think you're hanging out with your boys and nobody can hear it because it's not live radio it's Mm -hmm. not you know podcast is a little tricky too because not only not only is it not not live and it sometimes feels feels really comfortable because you're there by yourself and you don't know how many people are going to actually end up listening to it but it's also lives forever yeah. And, you know, I think that you're right when you sit down with your people and you think you're you're in a in the comfort zone and you can say whatever you want. Like, I'm not defending racist comments. Right. What I what I think it's funny is that we get so caught up with that. And that's been that was like a top trending topic yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, Nutso, that's what I call y'all president, is out there. Y'all I refuse president. to say Wait, his name. y'all president? No. <laughs> we don't even allow for audio on this show. Uh, <laughs> Nutso not from Above the Rim. Remember he was playing oh, with okay. that imaginary ball? That's what I call him. So 
I, I just think that in the meantime, all these other things are, are happening that really affect us and really hold us down. Bigots don't bother me, you know, and I'm not calling uh, Shane a bigot because I will say this. Most comedians who operate in the spaces that we operate in are po- probably not members of white supremacist groups. You know, they, they just can't be. The ones that are do not dwell in the spaces that we dwell right. in, right? Because it, it just doesn't make for that. A lot of people say problematic stuff. A lot of black comedians say stuff about gay people. A lot of white comedians say stuff about black people. It, it's, it's people trying to find a way to make the issues funny because right now, we're the only ones left that can probably say something, and now they're trying to take that away from us, too. Okay, and we're talking about Shane Gillis, who just lost his job on Saturday Night Live, which I don't think is very funny anyway. So maybe it's good for him. Uh, Ida Rodriguez is is in the building. We have uh, Drew McCaskill as well. You can follow both of them. You can follow Ida at, Ida at Funny I Ida. Funny, A-I-D-A. Mm-hmm. And you can follow Drew at Drew McCaskill. Okay. Um First of all, you'll have to watch, you have to watch her set. You have to watch her set on They Ready on Netflix since we're doing Bad Grammar too. <laughs> she, yeah. Um, and because your story is incredible, Thank you know, you. how you got I to mean, this place. No, I mean, you know, you've been, been through some stuff, which mm-hmm. is the other thing that comedians, I feel like not that Shane should get a free pass, but I think comedians should be able to say whatever the F they need to say because, again, mm-hmm. that is the last line of defense in a free speech society. Yeah. And if we start to... It's happening. Whew. And you know what? We should police our own. Like, I... Uh, there was a, a young woman who did a joke about X X X Tentacion, and it was a very it went the whole thing blew up, and it was she started getting death threats. I was gonna pull it to the side myself and say, hey, be careful with that joke because his fans, they all of a different ilk, right? Yeah. They tattoo baby bottles on their faces, like yeah. you don't you don't want to you don't want to mess with them. But I'm not gonna put her on blast because. I mean, we've all said things that somebody would consider problematic. You know, like, I just think that... What's the most problematic thing you've said? Oh, when I talk about race, I say some really uncomfortable stuff. Please, please, we're here. It's a free country here. (laughs) I mean, I I have a joke about, uh, you know, I have a joke about being Puerto Rican and how um, a black girl told me that I thought I was cute because I was light-skinned and and had good hair, and I never knew that. And I was like, I'm rolling with them because they don't know they're free yet. And I'm like, she said to me, if we were in slavery, you'd be in the house. And I said, if we were in slavery, we'd be in slavery. What does my location matter? (laughs) I'd rather be out in the field with LeBron James than in the house getting banged by the Quaker Oats, man. (laughs) But then there are people who want to really unload on me that, uh, you know, the issues of colorism and that that joke is insensitive to dark-skinned black women. And I was like, I have never in my life ever, ever disputed the the journey of a dark-skinned black woman my daughter is a black a a black girl right but the reality of it is is that just because your my struggle does not give me the right to invalidate yours and colorism affects everybody not just dark-skinned people it does affect light-skinned people too right because but i don't what i don't do is demonize dark women for it because i know that it's all a result of white supremacy but i'm not going to deny that
that I had to fight some people because they were told she's prettier than you because she's lighter and they made them hate themselves. I'm not, I'm not, I was on light skin, um, on light girls, the documentary. I saw light skin woman after light skin woman demonizing dark skin women. And I was like, that is the actual result of what was intended for this. Like that is what they want us to do. I'm never going to do that. Like I, I, I love my blackness. I claim it. And my Latin people, sometimes they squirm around me because they're like, why you want to do that? Like you, you have Castilian blood. And I'm like, you a slave. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get down with that. Like, I don't, I don't, we don't do good hair, bad hair in my house. But that does not mean that I did not have a hard time because in my community, the white white people led us all to believe that white is right and made people made us all hate ourselves because we that that's that's do you think I don't I never looked at a white girl when I was little and was like man I'm light but I ain't that white you know what I mean like it's all it it's all the greatest mind bang of all time and so for me it's like you have to talk about those things when Tracy Morgan said his fear about what he was doing and Kevin Hart, they were expressing their fear about homosexuality, right? But the thing about us is that people of color, we live in nuance and then they penalize us for it, right? You gave us Christianity and told us that homosexuality was wrong. Now, when black comedians make jokes about that awkwardness about what is wrong, you want to demonize them and condemn them for it. Instead, we can just have a conversation about it. Because the truth is, if you think gay people are sinners or not, they still belong to us. And it is our job to protect our village and not beat our people up, not uh, kill our people. My uncle was murdered in a hate crime because he was gay in 2013. Not 1960, 2013. He was killed by, he's a Puerto Rican brown man killed by some black men in Liberty City, Miami, because he was gay. And they, they stumped them to death because they were going to stump the gayness out of him. So we just get in these conversations and we don't explore nuance. And now we are the children of Lord of the Flies. We're fighting these uh, uh, these non-winnable, you can't win these battles because we don't want to explore the ugly stuff that's in you know, that's within. And that causes us to hate each other more. And for me, I won't, I won't depart without saying this. One thing I thought was interesting about the Shane thing and the, the Dina thing, because Dina was a woman, is all these white men who come to the aid of people who make jokes about marginalized people, right? So they, they, when Dina Hashem did the joke about uh, X, all the white guys was like, if she was a man, she would have, you ain't no feminist. You don't care about women. You ain't never cared about women, and you surely don't care about black people. You're not fighting for the rights of comics. You are fighting for the right to say what you want to say about marginalized people. And and that is where, that's where I, that intersection that I live in, because I'm not going to give you a pass for that either. Now y'all want to defend Shane because he's a white guy saying something racist. But why aren't you fighting for uh, marginalized people to be in the comedy clubs? Why aren't you fighting for us to get paid as much as you do? Why aren't you fighting for us to have a voice so we can punch back when you say things about us? That is where my conflict is with that fight, because it's like all of a sudden they're all freedom of speech and the rights of comedians and comedians should stick together you ain't sticking with me when i'm getting paid 60 percent less than you so don't come to me like you really uh you a warrior for the cause because it's really self-serving ida rodriguez <laughs> uh what's your liberation story 
My liberation story. Ooh. So, my liberation story. That's long. That's deep. That I, I hit the. You did yours already. Mm-mm. Oh, that just hit me right here. So, I, the day, the, the day, the my liberation story. The day I discovered I was free. It was very young for me. Um, I was in church, and this lady was uh, had the Holy Ghost, and she started throwing chairs, and I was like, "Yo, that." That does not like line up with what y'all said. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Like this is not of God. And um, I got in trouble because mm-hmm. my family was Seventh Day Adventists, and um, you know I, I, I've I've been questioning from the minute I could speak. You know they they should have not taught me English. <laughs> they should have let me be one of them kids that didn't speak English until I turned thirteen. The minute I started reading. I was like, and I was reading things. I read The Jungle very young. Mm. And that book was about, you know, ex- the exploitation of children and and after the Great Depression. And I was like, I kept reading and I was like, we not in these stories, you know. And when we are, we're always the victim. And so for me, my liberation came when I got pregnant and I got I was able to escape from home. Um, when I, do, I did a joke on Netflix, they cut it out. Because I talk a lot about the the self-hating and the racism within the Latin community, right? And I had a joke that said that my family, some members of my family were very religious and anti-abortion uh, until I got pregnant from a black dude. Then they became pro- pro-abortion in the name of Jesus. Mm. And that was, that was a little too much. Mm. But I feel like, for me, if we're not going to talk about it, then let's not talk at all. Because um, I... I I was raised to love my blackness. My grandmother taught me that we were black people who spoke Spanish. She got she didn't speak English and she got hosed in the civil rights movement. And she taught us that we we had to understand what we were in this place that we were not originally from and that where we came from. You know, my grandmother used to tell me that melanin is divine and that's why they always come for it. But she was like you have to understand who you are in this space. Because some people are going to try to tell you that you're not. But it's only going to be for their benefit. So my liberation story came really early. Having conversations with my grandmother that nobody would have endorsed me having at that age. But she freed me from a lot of stuff. And I grew up loving the dark part of me. Where I see a lot of my brothers and sisters who they hate it and they try to erase it and it's so sad. I was just talking about um, Telemundo with a friend of mine yesterday and how how white centric and it's one of the most powerful networks it's more powerful than most of the networks that we know it makes a lot of money but it projects whiteness and the majority of Latin America, the majority of the Caribbean, the majority of Spanish speaking world are people of color. 80% of Mexicans have African descendants and, Mm -hmm. and but we never see them projected it's always the white latinx latinx i guess that's what you you say until i was um eight six six eight zero one eight two five five is the numbers to karen hunter show we have ida rodriguez drew mccaskill who's about to talk go ahead Drew. Uh, i was gonna say that before i went to cuba Mm -hmm. i was so ignorant about what cubans could look like because i got my idea of what cubans what all cubans look like from television right 
that shows up in in the states and a handful of the Cuban people um, who are on TV in, in Ricky Florida. Ricardo, Ricky Ricardo, Marco Rubio, right? right. And you go, you actually go to Cuba, and it's black folks everywhere in Cuba. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I was shocked by that. And I was a grown-ass man when I went to Cuba for the first time. And I was thinking, well, why didn't I think that? You know what I mean? Television, media. Absolutely, the images. that So many of them migrated, the white ones migrated yeah. because uh, because of the, the the racism. Like, You know, it's funny when you hear somebody, and you hear Puerto Ricans say it too, I have pure Castilian blood. And I'm like, you got you claiming the blood of the people who tied our babies to the back of horses and drug them until they died. Like that's what, that's what, ha- that's what they did to slaves in Puerto Rico, Cuba. Mm-hmm. And the, Cause the Spaniards were really, really horrible. Right. Yeah. But, and you know, and the, and the thing about it is that you have these conversations and people who are like, I, I talked to my friend who's from Spain and she's, she's like Latin now. And I'm like, you're not Latina, you're Spanish. You're a European person who speaks Spanish. We start talking about history and they get really uncomfortable. And I'm like, we, we got to be able to talk about this, right? We can't move forward until we do. But, yeah, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, the, the battle that the Dominican Republic has with Haiti. Oh, it's crazy. Such a self-hating battle. We can be, um, we can be socialized and we can be conditioned to, to be strong and to show up for life. And at the same time, people can be held accountable for their bad yeah. behavior, right? So Because a lot of times when we do say toughen up, a lot, of, a lot of that comes from our slavery past where we always have to be able to take the licks and always... Keep working. Yeah. And then people who are doing the injustices continue to be able to do it because we always got to rise to the occasion and we can't keep putting the burden of um, rising to the occasion on ourselves. But we also have to not be ridiculous because... The cotton thing, that, yo, that's yeah. yeah that's, I, I just on, bought man. a cotton reef yeah. for my door. It's all cotton. Oh, yeah. I wish somebody would. I wish somebody would. All right, but I'm in a black neighborhood too, and to me, cotton is is paying homage to the people that had to pick it. So it's all in your perspective. That's-